you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Friday, January 26th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, a veteran of 14 NFL seasons and a veteran of no fewer than eight NFL post-seasons, post-seasons of all manner and kind, early exits to confetti exits. This is a man of the opinion that the San Francisco 49ers are about to put up 500 yards of total offense on the Lions. This man is Chase Daniel. Welcome back to the pod, my friend. I love how you had to throw in 500 yards of total offense. I do think it's going to happen, but I appreciate you having me back. And I've done this enough. Can I just be like a co-host of it or something? Yeah, please, please. Like a fifth of, fifth of them Come I'm on. on, you know? No, but, but keep in mind that the rules are such, I ask the questions only because nobody wants to hear my answer to your questions. I do. So, well, not really. So, you know, as long as you're willing to ask the question and then answer it, yeah, you're good to go. Co-host away. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. And on today's show, well, listener, it got pretty simple in a hurry, didn't it? Four teams, two games, one goal. Make the Super Bowl. Uh, who will? I mean, today's show is your viewer's guide, your listener's guide, and we'll do the best we can to put a finer point on all of this with game picks and score predictions from Chase Daniel and Mike Yam for both of these games. Chiefs-Ravens in Baltimore. And, you know, what's the other one again? Oh, right. Lions-Niners <laughs> in Santa Clara. These guys have pretty firm opinions about what they think will happen. But when you hear their scores, you will realize that in almost all cases, both of you are open to the possibility that the other scenario could come through <laughs> as well. And that's what we will talk about today. What should happen, what could happen, and what will happen in both the AFC and the NFC Championship game, starting with this. It is all over in Baltimore. The Ravens are heading to the AFC Championship game as they knock out the Houston Texans. Kansas City, for the sixth consecutive time, is going to the AFC Championship. All right, Chase Daniel, let's start with Chiefs-Ravens. This is the 3 p.m. Eastern Time game on CBS and Paramount Plus, the first of two championship games on Championship Sunday. For me, the best Sunday of the year, Chase. You know, maybe Masters Sunday, if it's a really good year, comes somewhat close, but does never, never tops it. Baltimore <laughs> is the favorite by four. The over, the under, the total for this game, I should call it, is 44 and a half. The one big uncertainty in this game, certainly with having to do with the Ravens, is whether or not Mark Andrews will play. He has been activated. Uh, we will talk about that. You have him on a pitch count in your yeah. perfect world, Chase. So let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. Let's start with number eight, the guy who will be touching the ball on every snap, in theory, for the Ravens' offense. If Lamar Jackson does win the MVP this season, as we expect him to do, this will have been the third-ever playoff matchup between the reigning MVP and the current season MVP. Obviously, Mahomes won it last year. Now, Mahomes has been involved 
in every time that that happened, including the last time, the 2018 AFC Championship game between reigning MVP Tom Brady and soon-to-be MVP, yes, Patrick Mahomes. I get a sense from you, I'm going to hit you with a hard one right up, right from the off, I get a sense from you that you question the MVP credentials of Lamar Jackson. You had to go there, huh? Yep. <clears throat> I think the biggest, um, first of all, no, nothing against Lamar. I think he's played exceptionally well, especially down the stretch, obviously culminating in that week 17 victory uh, over Miami, I believe, with five touchdown passes that sort of put his exclamation mark on the MVP trophy. Um, And look, when I'm watching the film, I'm impressed. Look, he he is an all-around quarterback, meaning he can throw the ball, run the ball, scramble, called quarterback runs, all that stuff. I just don't know if the MVP award has become the best quarterback on the best team, or sorry, the quarterback on the best team. And that's nothing to say anything about Lamar. Look, he finished the season, I think, top 15 in pass yards, top 15 in completions, top 15 in touchdowns. But like that, that that's all like bottom half or top half of the league. Yeah. And what I'm getting to is <clears> – <throat> I do think there are more deserving players such as CMC. I would say that Brock Purdy has played the best football out of any quarterback other than a few games. A couple rain-soaked games, that Baltimore game, obviously. And this has nothing to do with Lamar. I think Lamar's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. However, it's more to do with the MVP situation and has it become we just give it to the quarterback on the team that's the best team throughout the year? Now, you know, if Lamar's not out there, are they able to do what they're able to do? I don't know. On offense, I don't know. But on that, that defense is only allowing 16 points a game. So yeah. I think they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. So that's really my point about Lamar. The 2023 season, if you look at Mahomes' numbers and Jackson's numbers, Patrick Mahomes' completion percentage, 66.7. Lamar Jackson, 67.4, a click above. Touchdown to interception ratio, Patrick Mahomes, 30 touchdowns, 14 picks. Lamar Jackson, 26 touchdowns, only 7 picks, a touch more. Passer rating, 93.4 for Patrick Mahomes, 103.6 for Lamar Jackson. Offensive yards per game, Patrick Mahomes accounts for 283.8. Lamar Jackson just south of that at 279.5. Both of those numbers top five among qualified quarterbacks. I think I throw those numbers out, Chase, just to remind our listener that as a passer this season, take away the rushing numbers, as a passer this season, Lamar Jackson is top five in so many of the major categories and certainly in many ways passes the eye test. I do have a concern of my own. MVP race aside, I think the MVP voting, Chase, as we heard it this morning, was done just after he threw five touchdowns in that win uh, on, what, Christmas Day or whatever it was. So I think we fully expect Lamar Jackson to win the MVP. Not necessarily questioning that he wins. He's a deserving winner. But, Chase, you seem to believe that there may be other just as deserving, arguably more deserving uh, candidates out there. Let's move on to this particular game because – What version of Lamar Jackson do you need to see in a perfect world? What should happen, according to oddsmakers and most experts, is that the Ravens should win this game. I think we can agree. The Ravens have been the better team than the Chiefs over the course of the season. Depth to breath, top to bottom, start to finish, at least regular season-wise, and when you factor in their performances in the postseason, one for the Ravens, two, of course, uh, for the Chiefs. 
the Ravens have been the better team, so they should win. If they do, Chase Daniel, it will have been because Lamar Jackson did what? Protected the football. I, I don't think you can turn the football over in this game uh, once or even twice against a Spags, Steve Spagnuolo-led defense. They're going to be headhunting, and they're going to be blitzing all over the place, especially when you see and you look at that first half that was put on film by Baltimore and what the Houston Texans and D'Amico Ryans did to them. Okay, 10-10, I know there was a little bit of rust. You want to say all that. They bye week, he hadn't played in three weeks. I, I get that. But they were bringing pressure at an extremely high rate. And, and I don't know if Spags is going to just automatically decide, hey, we just want to bring all this pressure right from the get-go. Because I think through the game, uh, as the game progressed, Lamar got a lot better at finding his hot routes, just getting the ball out of his hand. Um, and so Spags really has to pick and choose when to pressure Lamar. And Lamar, if he does get pressured, which he's shown to do, in the playoffs especially, in every playoff game he's ever played in, he's taken at least three sacks. So I'm okay with sacks. Just don't don't throw the ball up because they got a really good secondary. They understand what they're doing. They're probably one of the better coached pure secondaries, the Chiefs, are in all of football. And you're talking about a battle of the top two defenses too. I mean, like, like the Chiefs defense is top two or three in almost every single category. Obviously, everyone knows what that Ravens defense is. <clears throat> but I think you have to I think you have to protect the football. And I think the biggest key, the biggest key for Spags and that defense is you have to do a really good job of staying disciplined within your pass rush lanes. You have to have a really good pass rush plan. And that doesn't mean just run out of your gap and just try to sack Lamar because it's hard to happen if you're just moving around. You got to have at least two or three guys doing the same thing at the same time not letting him escape the pocket, especially when you play man-to-man -man coverage, which the Chiefs do about 33.5% of the time. That's actually exact. That's exactly how much man they play. <clears throat> and Lamar, in every single passing category, uh, versus man coverage, he's top four or five in that. So that'll be a big, uh, like, in-depth sort of Without a doubt, small a facet of the game. A strength that on strength kind of matchup yeah. there. But gap integrity, gap discipline means you're not chasing Lamar. That's, that's a foolish idea. You don't chase a man who's faster than you are and more elusive than you are. But you keep him in front of you, and you keep his lanes of escape locked down. Now, in that picture that you're painting, it sounds to me like there's a linebacker or two with – the focus on them with the spotlight on them. One in particular has caught your eye as the guy who may make the biggest difference in this game on that Chiefs defense, Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton to me is the – look, everyone talks about, you know, Chris Jones, rightfully so. Everyone talks about Jerry Sneed, the, all the other corners out there, and rightfully so. Jerry Sneed gave up one, <clears throat> one touchdown. And it was a scramble. And it was a scramble from oh. Superman, Josh Allen. And he yeah. threw a backdoor slider across his body, running one. to his left, yeah. to the exact millimeter where it needed to be. And even that required a sort of a toe-knee-drag swag to make it happen. So, yeah, Jerry Sneed has had a lights-out season. But to Chase's point, for all that you can expect to see of Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed and so many other players on that Chiefs D, including Karloftis and all the other guys, uh, Nick Bolton has a particularly important assignment. Uh, you see him up to the task, or does Lamar have the edge? Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to say Lamar doesn't have the edge against just every, about everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> I do think that Nick Bolton has big game potential. Everyone saw the touchdown he had last year in the Super Bowl. He went to Mizzou, so I am showing him a little bit of love for that. Fair enough. Um, but also, Go Tigers. He is he is a very smart cerebral linebacker, understanding offensive game plans. His get off from the ball to uh, whether it's a run to diagnose or pass or play action, just really good. And, and he moves around really well. Uh, and so he's going to have to be on his P's and Q's, man. Like, it's going to be a tough game for him. But I do think eventually, if they are going to be playing man-to-man coverage, I think you're going to spy Nick Bolton on Lamar. Forget about all these route concepts that he has to diagnose. Your job is Lamar. But we're not only going to just put it right on you, we're going to stay in our pass rush lanes. And as soon as Lamar starts to go, you got to go. you got to force Lamar to throw the ball on the run, not just – run once he's out of the pocket. Ravens have the best rushing attack in the NFL. If you envision a Ravens team at their best, yes, against a Chiefs team that you know well, have diagnosed and have identified certain guys, especially Nick Bolton, as being better be on your P's and Q's, better have the game of of your life um, if they're going to pull this off. But a Ravens offense at their best means Lamar is... Rushing for 100 yards, 100 percent. Passing for 200, just uh, just above, they don't two, even just need, north of 200. They don't even need to pass for 200. Okay, what maybe. about the return of Mark Andrews? How important is that? Yeah. Is it potential? Is there potential disruption in the return of a guy even as valued and yeah. as 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 credentialed as Mark Andrews and as familiar to Lamar Jackson as we have long talked about? Mark Andrews is a security blanket. Fine, fine, fine. But Isaiah likely's been balling out. You as a quarterback, does the reemergence of a guy even even as talented as Mark Andrews, present a potential threat? Uh, could it disrupt the chemistry that we've seen wonderfully played out over these last few weeks? Yes, it, it could. could. It could, and, and that's why I think he's going to be on a pitch count. I, I don't know how insanely healthy he is. I think, obviously, you know, the Ravens at practice are, are going through that right now. That and looks understanding. so ugly. How is he even back on the field? Well, it's, it's been over two months, which is wild to me since week 11. Yeah, but that looked like six-month ugly, did it not? It looked like he not? broke and tore every yes. ligament in his ankle. Um, the fact of the matter is, I think, you know, uh, maybe a few catches, 25 yards, or 30 yards. I, I think that his value is going to be him dressing, him running out of the tunnel, the energy we're that back. the we're team all together. feeds off of. Yes. We're back. We're all together. We're whole. And I'm uh, certain he's been a mentor oh to Isaiah gosh. Likely, has been his Holy. biggest champion and his biggest fan. I know this to be true. Uh, is it possible? that Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense benefited from the absence of Mark Andrews, became more complete, became more whole, became more dangerous because now these other guys have been forced to step up, and they kind of have. Well, it's made the receivers step up, and that was the biggest thing that I was looking at. You know, through 10 weeks or whatever, however long he played, I thought the Ravens receivers, Rashad Bateman, uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Zay Flowers, OBJ, uh, deep, a deep group. I think that, well, I know that they were leading the league in drop percentage through the first like four or five weeks of the year, and they were letting down Lamar. Yeah. And Lamar got away from them from weeks five to 10 and really targeted Mark Andrews, the running backs. Yep. And not to say that those receivers weren't targeted, especially Zay Flowers in the slot. But He's as a excellent. quarterback, you need rhythm. He needed rhythm. He needed completions. Yeah. He found the way he could. And I finally think through the last six or seven games without him, first of all, Isaiah Likely is a stud. He is an absolute stud. So when you do get, I don't know if it's going to be this year, but if you get Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews on the field at the same time and 12 personnel, which is probably one of their favorite personnel groupings, they, they like big people over there, 
in, in Baltimore, you have two tight ends on the field. It's hard to defend both the run and the pass. Like 12 personnel, in my opinion, if you have two legitimate tight ends, it's probably one of the hardest personnel groupings to defend in all of football. So that's how they're going to deploy them on Sunday. It, it'll be interesting to see how healthy. I think you're going to be able to see real early from a fan standpoint how healthy Mark Andrews is or if they're just putting out there like, all right, let's get it, and we're going to see the, the rotation. But I think there is a uh, bit of distraction, I, a I bit do, of yeah. subterfuge, even I, him being out there potentially. Yeah, and I do think that he, him being out actually helped Lamar grow as a quarterback. Okay, sure. fair enough. Now let's flip to the other side of the ball. You mentioned 12 personnel, which we look forward to seeing even in a disguised manner on Sunday. Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews, I think we'll see 12 personnel in a few sets for sure, and I'm curious to see what they do with it. But going forward, yes, that's a frightening pair. Let's talk about the Chiefs on offense, 13 personnel. During the regular season, they ran 13 personnel. That's one back and three tight ends, listener, as you know. They ran it 7.4% of the time during the regular season, so less than 1 in 10. Against the Bills just last week, 23.4%. Is that a harbinger of things to come? Should we expect that approach from the Chiefs? in an attempt to keep the number one scoring defense, the team that led the NFL in takeaways and sacks this year at bay? You know, I don't, I don't think so. Because purely uh, Andy Reid, knowing him, being coached by him for three years, I think he is very, very good. One of the best, actually, at deploying a game plan against a certain defense that is going to find their weaknesses. I think that Buffalo... The reason you saw 13 personnel against Buffalo is because Buffalo led the league in nickel defense played. So even if that was they a were going choice, not yeah, a trend. we're going to run right at your 180 pound nickel and we're yes. going to pound the ball. Yes. And we're going to get you out of this too high. We're going to get three linebackers on the field. Okay, that, that is not how you went against Baltimore Ravens. You went against the Baltimore Ravens. You spread them out. You're in shotgun. You're under center play action. You get in some heavy type personnel stuff. But I think that it, they would be better off. Getting um, and you saw Houston try it, just didn't have the personnel to do that. Get them in the gun. They had it for a half, right? They had it for a half, and they ran you out. You have of to be able to run the football against that Ravens defense. And and look, let's be honest, you're not going to run for over four yards of carry, probably. But if you're like chugging out three and a half yards of carry, don't get away from it. Stay ahead of the sticks. Okay, so then easy, what are you doing on third do and three or third and four? Give Mahomes the ball, the best quarterback in the NFL. Just let him do his let thing. Let him do his thing. Uh, who D's up against 87? Is it Kyle Hamilton? If we see them in man, which we don't expect a lot of, will yeah. Kyle pick up 87? I think I think sometimes. I do think, Questions though, about Marlon Humphreys even playing. We don't yeah. know this for sure. He's practicing he and intends to play, in but practice. we don't know. Yeah, he looked healthy in the practice film that I saw. But who, who knows? It's such a different animal. I will say uh, probably Kyle Hamilton on Travis Kelsey. Uh, but I do think Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith are two of the best linebackers in the game, and they're playing with each other. Not only are they great run stoppers and thumpers, they're pretty freaking good in coverage, yes. too. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a couple snaps of one of those guys on Travis Kelsey to try and get free Kyle Hamilton up in the middle field to read Patrick Mahomes' eyes, read route concepts, stuff like that. So the way to beat the Ravens is to spread them out. I think so. And in doing so, you're seeing a lot of looks for who? For Rishi Rice. Isaiah Pacheco, baby. You're seeing Isaiah Pacheco on choice routes, as you called them, or just quick dumps and get some blockers in front of him and let this passion back do his thing? So I, I think it's I think you have to be able to run the football against this Ravens defense, like I said. And when I say so Isaiah Pacheco— spread them and run it. I spread say them and spread run them, it. RPO, run them out. Copy that. Give Patrick Mahomes the opportunity to— Run it. You sent the message. It off, I missed it. But yes, it. there yeah. you go. Absolutely. And, and I think the biggest thing, too, that needs to be discussed is 
while Isaiah Pacheco's in his second year, seventh round pick, um, you know, the last three playoff games he's had, he's had over 75 yards rushing in each and over a touchdown in each. So in three career playoff games, the dude knows how to play in big time playoff games. He runs angry. He is someone who Andy Reid has depended on in the run game with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, of course. Yes, um, who we since, saw a little bit more of in the yeah, last two weeks, like and it. that one-two punch looked rather formidable and rather interesting. Yeah. And some of it was was a mother of necessity because yeah. Pacheco was nursing himself on the sidelines yeah. after getting hit in the cold in Buffalo. But yeah. then we saw what CEH could do. The two of them do look very interesting together, even at their best. They are facing a Ravens defense that since Week 9 of 2022 are first in the NFL at points per game less than 16 a mm. game chase you called it out before that's the number one scoring defense in the nfl uh 4.7 yards per play allowed that's third best in the nfl third best in terms of opposition third down percentage they're holding teams to you know just above one and three success rate on third down a uh, red zone touchdown percentage they're best in the nfl less than 40 percent there rushing touchdowns allowed only eight that's first mm. in the nfl so even if this run game is at its best it's facing one of the better rush defenses and total defenses in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has been pressured on 31% of his dropbacks. That's sixth lowest in the NFL. Kansas City Chiefs are 0-4 when he is pressured 40% or more. Expect the Ravens to know that and to dial that up. Chase Daniel said this is a legacy game for Lamar Jackson and suggested that maybe Lamar Jackson wouldn't be his first vote for MVP. And yet there is a sensation growing out there that not only will Lamar Jackson win the MVP, but he may do it unanimously. Well, keep in mind, that's only been done twice before. Tom Brady was the first, Lamar Jackson was the second, and he may just do it again. Lamar Jackson's record against top 10 defenses is extraordinary. His overall winning percentage is extraordinary. Michael Robinson said just the other day, Lamar Jackson's the kind of guy that you can't characterize as a quarterback. You have to look at him differently and think of him as a creator. The Ravens are 7-0 when Lamar Jackson throws at least two touchdowns this season. In the postseason, Check out these numbers. Lamar Jackson, postseason NFL history, is fifth in rushing yards per game. That's not amongst quarterbacks. That's amongst football players. Number one on that list, our old friend Terrell Davis. Number two, my first favorite running back, John Riggins, the diesel. Number three, my brother's favorite running back, Derrick Henry, El Tractorcito. Number four on that list is E.D., Eric Dickerson. Number five, Lamar Jackson. Who's behind, right behind Lamar Jackson? Oh, you know, Emmett Smith. Lamar Jackson is the first quarterback ever to lead his team in rushing, which he did for a fifth straight season, by the way, in the regular season, and make the championship game. What should happen? Yes, the Ravens are the better team, top to bottom. Both units, they should win. What could happen? The Chiefs could win this. They have 15. Let's not forget that. They have Andy Reid. Let's not forget that. They have Travis Kelsey. Let's not forget that. They have the aura of Taylor Swift. Let's not forget <laughs> that. They have a lot going for them. So, yes, what could happen? The Chiefs. Well, paint the picture. Paint the pick. You made the pick. Paint the picture for us. Who wins this? What's the score? And why do you call it?
Chiefs 24-23. Sound the upset alert. Sound it. You heard it. Chase Daniels says the Chiefs win this game by a point, 24-23. I love the sound of it because it paints a picture of a game that goes down to the last drive. Does it? Is the last drive the Chiefs stopping the Ravens? Or is the last, <laughs> dri- or is the last drive the Magic Man leading his Chiefs down to kick that field goal to win 24-23? I think it's the Magic Man, man. Mahomes leading him down the field. I don't know if it's going to be the last guy- drive. Quite honestly, they could get off to a fast start and you see no points scored for the rest of the game. Like, who knows how this is going to go? And that's what makes Championship Sunday so magical. And that's the reason I picked Patrick Mahomes is because he is that dude. He is that dude. Six straight AFC Championship games. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is the number one guy in the NFL that I would want running my team. And people doubted him. People... Wanted to talk so much smack about him at the end of the day. His last two playoff games, he's playing some extremely efficient football. Okay, they the Chiefs and Andy Reid play calling, Matt Nagy play calling. The last two playoff games combined, Miami and Buffalo, 74 passes, 69 runs. They are extremely capable of being balanced. It's not all in Mahomes' shoulders, but in the biggest stage... With the brightest lights, which I don't know why this game is the early game. I don't, I don't get that. Um, I do think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, who is king, taking the W away from Lamar. Nothing against Lamar. Lamar's 2-3 and three in the playoffs. Okay, 1-3 and three before last game. Hasn't been great. That's been the story. This is a legacy game for Lamar Jackson. Make no doubt about it. So he has to prove he can beat the king to be the king. So you heard him, listener. Chase Daniel says, A, it's a legacy game for Lamar Jackson. But by inference, and based on his analysis earlier, we can infer that his legacy takes a little bit of a hit because the 2-3 and three Lamar Jackson going into the playoffs, according to Chase Daniel, comes out of this game 2-4 and four with bigger question marks over his head about his ability to come through when the lights are brightest. Let's talk Chiefs-Ravens. Baltimore a four-point favorite. The total is 44.5. This game is 3 p.m. Eastern on CBS and Paramount Plus, and you heard the pick from Chase Daniel. He says, sound the upset alert. The Chiefs, the defending AFC champions, are AFC champions again by a point, 24-23. Mike Yam, by the way, says, stop the noise. Stop the upset alert. Silence the alarm. Lower your heart rate. The favored Ravens win by four. Final score, Mike Yam, 27-23. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with the 14-year NFL veteran, the picks champion himself, Chase Daniel, on the show. Uh, real quick uh, shout-out for your YouTube channel, The Chase Daniel Show. You're breaking down quarterback play in the NFL better than anybody in the game. Uh, did I get it right? The Chase Daniel Show? Just Chase Daniel Show. Chase yeah. Daniel Appreciate Show. That. Thank you. Yep. Uh, great stuff. Now, let's talk about this game, the second game. And I'm with you. I'm confused as to why this is the nightcap. <laughs> but here it is. Lions! Niners! It's over. Just run the victory play, and the 49ers will host the NFC title game next Sunday. Hey, Detroit, you're going back to the NFC championship yes, game. Sir. We're going to San Francisco. Yes, sir. Let's go, baby. Let's go. The Niners are a seven and a half point favorite. Fifty-one and a half is the total. This game is on Fox and Fox Deportes, 6:30 Eastern Standard Time. Now, I am asking this question on behalf of family. We Talk about what should happen. What does a San Francisco win look like? And Lions, some might advise you, Lions fans, to cover your ears because what you're about to hear you're not going to like. But don't cover your ears. This isn't the time to cower in the face of hard truths. The Lions fans I know never cower in the face of hard truths. I see you, Uncle Scott. Love you, boy. Lions fans, listen up. You need to know that your path is harder here on Sunday, and that's because you have a unit that is struggling, a key unit. It's your secondary. This is what you face. Debo, we hope. Yes, we hope as neutrals. And Lions fans, you should hope for him to be out there too because you want to win this game by beating the best team at their best. C-Mac, Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Kid Consonant, Kyle Juszczyk. If I was a member of the Juszczyk family, I'd be checking myself every time I had to spell my own name. <laughs> Those are dangerous tools in the hands of a man with a plan like Kyle Shanahan. That worked out. Oh. Lions fans, take note. This is your challenge. 49ers fans, take heart. This is your advantage. Chase Daniel, how bad could it get for the Lions? How good could this look for the Niners on offense? Well, I think last week, starting with the Niners offense against a really good Green Bay squad, I think the rain played a factor. I think the rust played a factor. They hadn't played in 21 days, the starters for San Fran. And they looked it. They looked it. And still, at the end of the game, all chips on the table, Brock Purdy started at the 31-yard line, at his 31-yard line with 6.18 left on the clock and marched them down the field in five minutes. Scored with a minute seven left. Wasn't asked to do a lot. A huge completion over the middle to Brandon Ayuk. A perfectly thrown football. What, third and ten? Third and eight, third, third and seven. And a perfectly thrown deep out route to Chris Conley, by all, <laughs> by all means, who's his fourth catch all year long because Debo was out. Other guys are stepping up, okay? You talk about it, and Brock Purdy led them down the field when it mattered most in a huge game with an NFC championship game on the line. Which, by the way, fun stat, San Francisco 49ers fans. The San Francisco 49ers have played in 33% of every single NFC championship game there ever was. 33%. That's insane. So what? That's almost 20 because we're we're approaching the – Super Bowl 58, so they're what? 35%. 19 of 54, 19 of 54. NFC Championship games, 35.2%. The Lions have appeared in two, Isn't 3%. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Okay, well, the Lions secondary is struggling. Week 16 against Minnesota, Justin Jefferson had 141 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. 
Week 17 against Dallas, CeeDee Lamb went off 227 receiving yards and a touchdown. Week 18 against Minnesota, again, Justin Jefferson went off 192 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. In the wild card round against the Rams, Puka Nakua, the rookie, 181 mm. receiving yards and a touchdown. In the divisional round against Tampa Bay, Mike Evans, 147 receiving yards and a touchdown. This is the first team in NFL history. Chase Daniel to allow an opposing player to have 140 or more receiving yards in five straight games. The Lions did better than that. They allowed that, and they allowed each to have a touchdown. This is an alarming stat to see, but this is the thing that Lions fans need to get their heads around, and certainly this is what Lions defensive coordinators need to get their head around. This is a very alarming stat. Um, it's not great. But the right side of the Niners line is also struggling. If we're calling out units that are struggling, I'd say the Can entire offense. Aiden Hutchinson line. and Zach Pascal and Tyson Alualu and McNeil and game wrecking, heartbreaking, hope destroying linebacker Derek Barnes. It's on those guys now to make a difference. Reduce the number of dimensions because you can't make a Niners team one dimensional, not this Niners team with this head coach, unless they're reduced to playing a quarterback who isn't a quarterback too soon. But you can limit the risk. You can reduce the threat. And you have to. You have to get to Brock Purdy. You have to leave him with grass on his shirt and doubt in his mind. And then you have to survive the pick. And what I mean by that is the top pick. And no, I'm not talking shit about Jared Goff. Here's what I mean. He will try and throw a pick. Sometimes early. Sometimes the first drive. It's something quirky that he does. How excited for Jared Goff are you, Chase Daniel? But also, please be honest with us. How worried for Jared Goff are you? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm really pumped for him. I, I think that his story is, is one... That is awesome and, and needs to be told and needs to be talked about. And quite honestly, because they were in Detroit and the national media wasn't paying attention to Detroit most of the year until this late season run came on. It wasn't getting enough talked about what he was able to do against the Rams and Sean McVay, who shunned him, kicked him out of the, the, the building, pretty much call it what it is. And for him to get a win on that stage, the whole story was about Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit. I, I thought it should have been about golf. And it was about golf, and I think that this He team, made it about him with his play, and then after the game, 100%. he's so humble, he didn't yeah. make it about him in the postgame press no. or, or interview. And I think this team uh, needs to make it about golf, and they have to protect him. They have to give him the correct looks to, at the right timing and to be able to not make that huge mistake. And, and look, the, the 49ers defense hasn't been playing amazing as of late, so I think that the chance that they have to win this game is you almost have to play perfectly perfect on offense like you have to play your best offensive game what you would have a winning to score red zone what's a winning score, score for the detroit uh lines what does it look like i mean you have to i think you i think you have to score into the 30s in mid 30s so what like 35 30 if you can 35, score five 31. touchdowns yes. i think you have a really good opportunity but if you score game. five touchdowns you still might lose yeah yeah, absolutely. If we believe that 500 yards are going up on the board, according to you, against yeah, this Yeah, I, I just defense. think that what Purdy, Brock Purdy, and this 49ers offense, after they played the game that was rusty, they played the game that was weather, they had a whole other week to work out that rust in practice, going up against a defense, quite honestly, the worst secondary in all football, allowing the, head, the ball to go over their heads. And that's what Brock Purdy is known for this year. He's first in every category. Every single category with balls of air air time of 10-plus yards down the field. So he is chucking the ball down the field at an extremely high rate. The Lions' defense is allowing it to go over their heads at an extremely high rate, over 2,300 
uh, yards allowed on that secondary of yards uh, or throws over 10 plus yards. So it's going to be chunk play galore uh, for San Fran. The only thing that I can think that where the Detroit Lions need to be really, really good at is the red zone. Let them have their chunk play. They're going to get so their chunk plays. So be a bend, not Let break them kick team, get their yards, but then hold them to three. Maybe force a turnover yeah. or two. And if you can, and if you do, well, then you're right in this game. If the Niners win, and the Niners should win this game, we agree. The Niners should win. They're a better football team. Maybe not by that much, but they are a better football team. At least that's what our eye tells us. That's what the schedule told us. That's what 18 weeks of the regular season told us. They're the better football team. And if they do win, it will have been because of what? CMC. CMC. I think, I think it's CMC. I think For that you, he's so he gets your MVP vote, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, you know, it's become a quarterback award, I think. But CMC, you take CMC out of the offense, they are completely one-dimensional. Not they to can say survive, that the scheme, they, they can survive the lack of Debo. Yeah. Who, by the way, suffered that shoulder injury in the first quarter against the Packers and did not return. This was the 49ers' first win in 2023 in which Samuel didn't play or played fewer than 10 offensive snaps due to injury. That's how, that's how important Debo has been to this team. But according to Chase Daniel, they can metabolize the loss of Debo Samuel better than they can any issues with C-Mac. Yeah, look, I think with Debo, um, I think Debo's going to end up playing because it's the NFC Championship game. I just don't know how effective he's going to be. CMC, this is a game, and, and look, Baldy said it earlier, you got to give him the ball 30 times. Like you got to let the, your best player on the field, quite honestly, touch the ball 30 times, whether it's the choice routes out of the backfield, whether it's flat routes, whether it's these weird formations, whether it's reverses, whether it's letting him throw a reverse pass. I don't care. Just feed him the rock. And I do think that, Detroit knows that. And I do think that Detroit's probably going to drop another guy in the box to help stop the run. And then that's when Purdy unleashes Brandon Ayuk, Jennings, Kittle. It's just hard to stop this never-ending circle of what are we going to do? You talked about the layering effect of the yeah. Brock Purdy passing chart, that he layers the ball as well as anybody in the NFL. That's really high praise coming from you. Explain what you mean. I think I can visualize it, but just yeah. what does it look like to look, you? Look, you made a throw – over Savage, number 26, for the Green Bay Packers last week that I honestly don't know. I mean, I can count two or three guys in the league that can make that throw. And what I mean by layering is uh, the second level of linebackers, right? There's different levels. The first level is obviously D linemen, second level linebackers. Third level is the secondary. So when I mean layering, I mean get it over the second level defenders, the linebackers, in front of the third level defenders, the safeties. And a lot of times when you're playing a team like Purdy and you know that they – really get all their yards in the intermediate area, right? The 10 to 20 yard down the field mark. They, they, they throw the ball down the field. You're going to drop these linebackers, a lot of depth. You're going to make him check it down. He still checks it down, but every once in a while, he's feeling, he's feeling crazy and, and frosty, man. And he, he layers these throws. And when I, it's not like a BB. It's just enough air to get over the linebacker's head and drops it in before the safety's head. And this throw last week is, and Baldy agreed, one of the best throws I've seen all year long. I don't know, first of all, why he decided he thought he could fit it in there, but he did. And second of all, just the spiral and the throw, and it was it was a thing of beauty. Birdie has time. Can't find anyone. Stands in, floats with a high, and it's caught. Oh, what a big play, and Juwan Jennings goes up to get it. Yeah, I'm not sure you can make a better throw than Brock Purdy makes here. When that ball came out of his hand, I thought it was going to get picked, but you talk about getting that ball up and down in the face of pressure from Preston Smith. 
That's the best throw Brock Purdy has made today. So there will be throws that matter, and Brock Purdy is capable of making them. Uh, there will be a heavy dependence upon Christian McCaffrey if you're calling the game. 30-plus touches, said Chase Daniel, and that adds up to, with this defense capable of what they're capable of. Look, I, I heard that in routes this week, uh, Michael Robinson made the pitch really to the lines that in routes, that's what Jared Goff needs from Sam Laporta and others. We know the threat that is posed by Amon Ross St. Brown, of course. And, of course, we know that we have this, you guys said it yourself, a championship running game in Jameer Gibbs with that 4-3 speed and David Montgomery, the hammer, as Michael Robinson called him yesterday. They have pieces in place, but their strength, certainly with regards to in-routes, plays right into the hands of a San Francisco team that may boast, if not for the Ravens, the best linebacking core in the NFL. Yeah, look, Dre Greenlaw, two interceptions Hello. last week. Huge interceptions if you really go back and look at the 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 game ceiling one he was on the other sideline when the ball was thrown he ran over decided to to grab it out of the air to seal the win wouldn't get down i know cal shannon was was pissed off about that that was hilarious uh but then fred warner um it's not only the cover linebacker aspect of it because they ask a lot in that scheme of their linebackers especially you can you can formate them up and you can personnel them up to where you put a lot of threat on fred warner running down the pipe and running down the middle of the field with speed. And he does it so well. Um, I think they're so well prepared. I, I think they fly around. They set the tone for the entire defense. They don't pressure a lot. They don't. But what they do is they make you uh, beat them with seven guys in coverage. And when that happens, they can cover so much space. They can cover almost two zones in one, and that's what makes them pretty difficult to throw against. Do you agree with me, or am I being too harsh on Jared Goff when my eye test tells me that he tends to always throw a pass that is dangerous yeah, as no. all blank? Yeah, he, he definitely tries to fit some in there. I, I would suggest try not to do it the first drive of the game and, and get that San Francisco crowd rocking, um, but you got to settle in. I've heard quarterbacks like that. I mean, Brock's going to be like that, and that's all about first 15 strips. Can you settle into the rhythm of the game, and can you get into a rhythm early? And usually the team that, that gets into a rhythm first is usually a team that wins. If the San Francisco 49ers play their best football, they may be hard to beat. They may be actually impossible to beat. It will take an almost perfect game from the Detroit Lions, says Chase Daniel, to win this one. And I hope they play a perfect game. I always want every game to be the greatest game ever played. I do. I want it every week, but especially this one. I know Niners fans out there who need this for themselves, for their spirits, for their hearts. And I know Lions fans who have yearned for this for so long, they can scarcely believe that this moment is happening, that it's real. One detail, if what should happen does happen, then San Francisco will tie Dallas the 49ers will tie the Cowboys for the most NFC Championship game wins. In the entire NFL right now, the Patriots lead the list with 11 championship game wins. The Cowboys have eight, along with the Broncos and the Steelers. The 49ers, one behind at seven. And back to the point, a golf gaff may be real. But will the Niners take advantage, or will it fall to the ground and put hearts in the mouths and a scoring drive only on temporary delay? Will that so-called championship running game for the Lions be the difference? Can they take over? Can they grind down the clock and the resolve of a Niners team that can be beat? Will Sam Laporta's in-routes be the difference? Or Amon Ross St. Brown's precision and power? Will history favor the favored, or will it favor the underdog? I don't know, but Chase Daniel believes he does. Chase 
paint this pick. Yeah, I think it's this is your final. This is your final <laughs> contribution of the day. You made your pick. Paint a picture for us as to why your pick is their pick. Who wins it? What's the score? What's the story? Yeah, 49ers 34, Detroit Lions 24. 10.1. Yep, and I think that comfortable in the end, or do I think it's they? I think it's comfortable. Look, at the end of the day, I just think there's too much to like on this San Francisco's offense. Yes, and too many playmakers to go around. They played below, well below their standard of excellence last week against Green Bay. And, and quite honestly, I think and I've thought that this is a 49ers team that is going to get to the Super Bowl. And quite honestly, I think they do. You heard it there, ladies and gentlemen. Lions, Niners. Niners, the seven and a half point favorite at home. The total for the game is 51 and a half. This game is 630 Eastern on Fox and Fox Deportes. Chase Daniel has made his pick and his pick is for a home win and cover. Niners win it by 10, 34-24. Mike Yam's pick, Lions cover, but Niners win. Three is the spread in the end for Mike Yam. Final score, San Francisco 49ers 31, Detroit Lions 28. I want to thank today's special guest, Chase Daniel, for his time, his analysis, and yes, your picks. Chase, you're killing it. Um, I don't know if I hope you're right or not. For you, I hope you're right. I just hope (laughs) these games are great. Thank you for getting us ready for them. Thanks for having me on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. Chase Daniel has just walked out the door, and he left his picks behind. Of course, you already heard his picks, but I will read them to you again. Mike Yam has submitted his picks as well. Now, let's remind you guys that Chase Daniel and Mike Yam finished second and third amongst all NFL media experts this season in terms of their picks, in terms of their winning percentage. They were picking winners at an almost 70% clip. So believe this, whether they are right or wrong, they certainly have been feeling it this year. Let's remind you what they feel about Championship Sunday. Chiefs Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, a home favorite by four. The total for the game, 44 and a half. This game is on CBS and Paramount Plus at 3 p.m. Eastern. Now, who wins it? Well, Chase Daniel says, sound the upset alert because he believed that in his sixth straight AFC championship game, Patrick Mahomes goes on the road and gets himself a win. Chiefs win it, Chase Daniel says. Final score, 24-23. Mike Yam disagrees. The Ravens are favored by four. Mike Yam says the Ravens will win by four. His final score, Ravens 27, Chiefs 23. And the second championship game on championship Sunday in the NFC between Lions Niners the San Francisco 49ers a seven and a half point favorite the total for this game 51 and a half this game is on Fox and Fox Deportes 630 Eastern who wins it both Chase Daniel and Mike Yam say 
the Niners do. Chase Daniels' game script, though, looks very different from Mike Yams. Chase Daniels says it's a comfortable win for the Niners in the end, and they win by 10. Final score, Niners 34, Lions 24. Mike Yams sees a much tighter contest. The Lions cover, but the Niners win it. Final score, San Francisco 31, Detroit 28. So there you have it, listener. Chase Daniel and Mike Yams' game picks and score predictions for Championship Sunday. I want to thank once again Chase Daniel for his analysis. He really got us in a good headspace. I have a better sense for what could happen and maybe what should happen. And I can start to visualize a little bit what will happen. Of course, time will tell. Let's see what happens on Sunday. I cannot wait for these games. I hope everyone listening gets a chance to watch both or certainly record both and watch when you can. I don't have a dog in this fight or a horse in this race, but you might. And if you do, I hope your team wins. Let's talk about who does win and how they did it on Monday. When we will look back at what I assume and hope will be a dramatic and certainly defining championship Sunday. And we will dare to take a first look ahead to the game of all games, Super Bowl 58. Who's in it? How did they get there? Well, that's next time. Till then, take care of you. Take care of your crew. And ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.